Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. introduce you to my friend love is wise yes that's her real name she gets that question all the time what a what a brilliant name but also she is a phenomenal illustrator she is the second black female to have done a new yorker cover and illustrate a new yorker cover and she's done it twice uh she's groundbreaking she's making work for the likes of google and the new york times and da, 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 all these amazing clients she's only just graduated like a little over a year ago from uh, art school and she is just kicking butt and taking names but the reason i want to talk to her is i'm very fascinated with her approach to her career it's this very similar approach that I have, except I have so many things to learn from her. There's a, it's kind of one part uh, achiever, pragmatic approach to doing your thing and one part flow and, and mysticism and, and getting connected into that intuitive space of uh, following that, that, that call. And so I wanted to have Love Is on the show to talk about how she thinks about her illustration in sort of a mystical healing, uh, 
magical process. And we don't give a lot of room to the kind of mystical side of creativity. And part of that reason is because there's been so much work done over the years by artists about the mystical, elusive quality of creativity. But the truth is, even though I don't talk about it that much on the show, that's the way I engage with my own practice. And I'm not sure, I'm not really interested in dissecting whether it is mystical or if it's just tapping into the physical reality that we don't quite understand, you know, higher dimensions and whatnot. But that's what we dive into in this episode of the show. We're also, I'm also going to put out a challenge. We talk about kind of goal setting, not so much with words, but with pictures. And so I want to challenge you to illustrate or just draw if you're not an illustrator and post on Instagram your future self living your creative dreams and hashtag it with hashtag illustrate your future. I want to go check those out. I like this idea of these new images opening off limits in our mind. So go check it out. I'm going to try to contribute mine later this week. Hashtag illustrate your future. Here she is. The lovely, the wonderful, love is wise. What I wanted to do is, I like to start, and you know, if this was, if this is your hero's journey, we'll go back to the ordinary world before you answered the call to illustration, before you knew what illustration was. Mm-hmm. I mean, like back to the womb, nearly. What? That is what? my favorite place. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, like early days, can you just kind of give me a picture of what your childhood was like up to when you started to get into illustration? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, my first encounter with art was through my dad and I grew up in DC and we would always go to the Smithsonian's because they were around, they were free and it was everywhere. And there's so many different um, things to see. So he would always take me to the museums and I, mean, I just fell in love with contemporary art. Um, Cause it was what I connected most with just seeing everyday people and just different spaces, especially people that look like me. Um, was super important to me. So I was like, I really want to do that. Like, I really want to draw. I really want to paint. And he really encouraged that. Um, He was a photographer as well. So whether it would be just putting a camera in my hand or just buying me some cheap acrylic paints or some pencils and paper to draw with, it it was just always encouraged. So how early was that? How old were you? I think I was, yeah, I was, me like I feel like I was like five or six as early as I can really remember yeah. um when I started to draw of course I was always like drawing on walls and stuff but <laughs> like younger than that but you know that's when it was really like important to me yeah and so were you like the art kid all the I way was, school? I was the weird ass kid yes. I was the weird art kid <laughs> like <laughs> and every every year I could remember um, and I would kind of, I don't know, drawing was, it was super hard for me because I wasn't, um, like it, I wasn't taught how to draw properly. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't traditionally trained. Um, so I would just get so upset with myself cause I was like, I have these images in my head and I want to make them, but I can't make them. Mm. 
you know, so it was kind of an ongoing struggle and I would leave it and then I would come back to it and I would leave it and I would come back to it. But it was always around. Well, that's a weird thing about uh, illustration is I feel like <laughs> it sounds like a joke, but if, I feel like everybody thinks of it as being about drawing. When yeah. I think it's a lot more <laughs> about a lot of other things like, I mean, just picture making in general, but an accurate ability to draw isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily translate into being a good illustrator, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Different things. So what was drawing for you as a kid or making art? Like what was it a, an escape or was it a, just, it, was it just pure fun? Ooh, it was definitely an escape and also a mix of fun, but it frustrated me more than it gave me fun, which is, pretty true today as well. <laughs> but... I'm say, oh no, because yeah. it's so funny because when I think about your stuff and I, I was thinking through even these questions, I'm thinking, man, I'm afraid that she's going to be like, it's just been great because you're such a, uh, like no. a joyful spirit. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it just Thank seems you. like to emanate all this amazing color and shapes and all this stuff. And I thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start digging in there. And Love Is is just going to be like, yeah, it's been pretty much amazing since, <laughs> since day one. Uh, but um, yeah, so it was frustrating. <laughs> so why, what is that? Because uh, like when I was a kid, um, mm-hmm. I actually got started drawing because my cousin drew this Ninja Turtle and I thought, uh, it, I was like, I could do better than that. And so it was like, <laughs> it was like rooted in competition. I'm sure that's still somewhere in there. But why, what was, you know, where's, where do you think that frustration is coming from, from even from early? Because you, you see all these paintings, <laughs> these museums, and I don't know, all these kids that can draw comics, because I was really into comics as well mm. as a child. And my dad would always give me the strips. Uh, when he would read the paper. So I'm like, oh, I want to make these images and I know I can do this, but I can't do it yet. But I know if I just keep trying, I can kind of get better at it. So just like holding on to that hope, that small bit of hope, even though you know, like you don't know, like nothing's for certain. But you're like, I can do this if I just keep trying, but also like this is pissing me the fuck off. Like why can't I do it? But yeah. I remember uh, this was like whenever I started to get into illustration, I think that it was kind of found in the fact that when I was in high school, like everybody that chose to be in painting and drawing Mm -hmm. was better at painting and drawing technically than I was. And yet Mm -hmm. I still had this like deep connection to it. And I think when I found illustration and I was, it was like band posters and stuff like that. And you, and I could see that, it was about some kind of intuitive sense of color and shape and not so much about some technical prowess. That's where it was like, boom, I could do that. Like that's, there's something about the way I approach it. That's like that. Was that like that for you? Definitely. Definitely. Once I got to undergrad and I discovered what illustration was in a more formal sense, um, that sent like attracted me to it and I knew that I could do it. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I love color and I'm really good at making shapes and I can play with this. Um, and it doesn't have to be one set thing. I think I was coming at it from this perspective of like, um, art and design is just one set thing and it has to look like that. You have to follow these rules in order for, in order for you to make a proper picture. Yeah. But you, it's you, you know. 
it's whatever you make it. What did it, what, uh, what was it that called that out of you? Like when did you discover illustration? Mm. I I didn't. So I always say I didn't quite know what illustration was until I came to undergrad and when I went to art school. I mean, I just, I was super attracted to fine art and that's where my lens was, but I was always around illustration, whether I knew it or not, um, just through picture books, mainly, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I have this memory of just the first time I had, um, snowy day. One of my favorites. And it's very, uh, shape-based. Very shape-based, um, and I love pattern. I've always been attracted to pattern. So yeah, lots of good patterns in there too. Lots of great patterns in there. And it Do was. Do you a remember was spending like, time with it as a kid, like just feeling it? Definitely. I mean, it was just it was super important to me, and it was always a book that I would kind of like request that my my parents would read to me. So it yeah. was, uh, yeah, just having that, and then seeing someone who looked like me and those. Um, like people in my family. Were you aware of in that book or was there some kind of intuitive feeling of being aware of the representation in that book? Yeah, I was like hyper aware of the representation in that book. Um, honestly, because with art, I did see uh, folks of color painting. It just kind of opened up the, but I didn't see it as often. And there was always this hesitation with me becoming an artist Yeah, with my family. And they were just like, oh, well, we don't really know people who can do that successfully or make a living off of that or actually exist in that world. And because of that, it would just kind of put more pressure on me to kind of find folks who were doing that or folks that lived in those spaces, even though it was just like this amazing kid in the book enjoying like a snowy day. It was just showing that like, oh, hey, there's a possibility that I can do this and maybe make more things that exist in the world like this. Yeah. And that meant something to you even when you're younger, you're thinking this is is something that involves me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so true. Even in a tiny way for me with people with ADHD, I get so, I get so invigorated with confidence when I come across a successful human, even in any arena that has ADHD. And I'm so, uh, I gravitate and I'm magnetized to that because it does just literally, and this is why people, I I know, you know, I think some people don't realize the power of representation, but there's some kind of glass ceiling that it busts off your head when you see someone like you doing stuff you never knew that you could do. Exactly. Yeah. I used to put myself in so many different boxes. Also same, like I have ADHD and I'm real. Yeah. And I also, (laughs) I also discovered that I am dyslexic as well. Oh man. They usually, they do often go hand in hand. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just, I don't know. It just, it definitely just, um, showed you the possibilities of where you can go. And we often yes. put ourselves in these boxes too. So I don't know. Representation is just so important to me in that way as well. So you have some kind of experience with illustration as a kid and you're going to, but really as you're, when you're little, it's more about art in general. So you go to school for art and mm-hmm. it's not for illustration. How does that change? Mm. 
Um, so in my first year, it was really cool because we were able to explore different mediums and where we wanted to go and just kind of dabble in different courses. We didn't have to choose or declare a major yet. So it's just like, I'm going in because I want to be a fine artist painting or die. Like, this is what I want to (laughs) do. Um, (laughs) but then I took a design course, um, and I learned Photoshop and then I fell in love with it. I was like, hmm, there's something here with illustration. Let's see. So I stepped in this, um, they had like this little seminar and basically the, the, where you would go before you would declare your major and you would kind of just experience different majors, you know, before you like dive in. Or, and then, um, I don't know, I went to this illustration one and it just stood out to me and it was everything that I was interested in. And it was just like, okay, well, illustration isn't everything. And it applies to everything that I want to do. I don't have to just sit in this one, like, state of mind. Like, I don't have to just choose this one thing. And with illustration, it just encompasses so many different things that it was kind of sexy to me. So (laughs) I was like, let's do it. One thing that kind of occurs to me as you're saying all that Mm -hmm. is that you and I have talked a little bit about uh, kind of visualization or, you know, setting an intention and goals in your future and making them into a reality. And then paired with this idea of representation, I feel like there's this thing going on here potentially where like one of the things I love about illustration is that what I think of it as is like photography is showing you what you can see Mm -hmm. in different ways, maybe. Uh, Whereas illustration is literally showing you things you couldn't see any other way. It's making imagery into reality. It's, and that's why I like this idea of like drawing invisible things, like making invisible things visible. Like to me, that's pure illustration. And it seems like even this idea of like representation, uh, it's like you're able to represent future realities that don't exist because exactly. Even I, even I think the author of uh, Snowy Day is actually white. Is that r- correct? Yeah, yeah. But he was just like, I just wanted to draw a kid. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and that's our reality now. But back yeah. then, that wasn't so visible. And it's almost like he was, through illustration, uh, manifesting future realities. Things like, hey... That, you know, this the, uh, picture book could look like this <laughs> and, and it opened all these different doors. And I, I wondered if one question I had for you was I heard you talk about in one of your videos, the healing power of images. And I was thinking through uh, whether you had ever done visualization through pictures, like drawn yourself in a future that you want to live in or uh, used it as a way to speak new realities into existence. Yes, all the time. And that is definitely something I'm working on more within my work because before I would kind of visualize things and will manifest things through words and I would just kind of write to myself. Um, But now I'm discovering new ways to do that visually, which is kind of (laughs) funny. Because I didn't really give myself time to do that. I I felt like I was kind of thrusted into my career, honestly. Mm. And and I'm super thankful for it. But now I'm kind of giving myself room to play and do more things that I feel more connected to. Well, I, hmm. Yeah, like just more things that I'm connected to. 
and where I'm kind of heading. But yeah, definitely. definitely. I was thinking we should do a some kind of Instagram prompt between oh. us. Yeah. Uh, to get people to do that as a practice. Cause as so, I was so inspired by the way that you talk about this and the way you think about images. And I started thinking about, um, you know, uh, doing goal setting through pictures instead of through words yeah. and just seeing, you know, what would my studio look like? What would, uh, you know, this is a, this isn't, this wouldn't be in mind, but like, would there be like, uh, you could, you know, put awards on the shelf and you can do, you can actually like create this future image with the power of your creativity. I wanted to ask you about, yeah, cause you, you got thrust right into your career because you started doing professional work before you even graduated, right? Yeah. So can you just tell that story of what the past couple of years have been? When did you graduate? I graduated last May. Last, oh man, I, yeah. th- I didn't even know it was that recent. Yo, <laughs> you have done yeah. a lot of freaking stuff <laughs> in a little over a year. Oh my gosh. So yeah, yeah, can you just tell us what's happened in the past year? Oh my God, so many things. Oh my God. So, uh, ooh, I graduated. <laughs> you, you've like, you've had a busy happened? year, that's for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just been, it's been super busy. I had the amazing opportunity of just working with so many folks, um, like Google and the New Yorker, have done two New Yorker covers within the past two years. You've done, I mean, you've done tons of client work for a year. You've been busy, 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 busy. And now you're hitting a place where you're like, uh, you know, sometimes that wave takes you to places that you didn't intend to go. Are you, and you're kind of stepping back and refocusing? Yes, I'm definitely stepping back and refocusing. I mean, a lot of people don't think about, um, I know a lot of folks, a lot of my um, colleagues and folks that I've graduated with were kind of in that in-between space of like, okay, where am I going? Why am I not working right now as soon as school ended? And I really think that break after school ends is so important. Like you really need that time to decompress and think Mm -hmm. and make and just figure out what it is that you actually want to make and not under the basis of like what someone's telling you to make. And um, I kind of figured out where I wanted to kind of go early on. But I think if I did have some time, like just a moment to breathe and really, you know, think about like where I'm going and what my work wants to look like, (laughs) um, then I, I don't know, my life probably would have been a little bit different, but I'm thankful for where it is. And I'm thankful that I can give myself that time now. Like, yeah. For so long, I was kind of just like in constant movement and flow. And then the flow stopped. And I had to think about why it stopped, Mm. (laughs) like mentally. And, you know, why um, I started to kind of feel just like an immense amount of uh, anxiety and stress. And I was just putting too much pressure on myself. So that break. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago did you feel like the flow was stopping? I would say it kind of really hit me earlier this year. Um, Earlier this year for a moment, I knew I needed to give myself some time, but I just kept pushing. And then I would kind of just break down. I would just have like a breakdown and I would just be out for days and I wouldn't be able to really think anymore or well, think about the work that I wanted to make anymore or to be able to take on work or projects that I wanted or projects that I knew that I would love to do and that I could 
absolutely kick ass at. Um, but I wasn't at my best at my best mentally to be able to take them on. Mm. And so did you feel like do you feel like you're still very much in the process of getting into getting in tune with uh, that flow again? Or do you feel like you've gained some clarity? Definitely a mix of both. And um, just being able to just step away for a moment, even if it's just drawing for myself or learning that it's okay to not draw at all, but to just think about ideas um, has been very clarifying for me and very helpful to me. I definitely feel like that flow is kind of like reaching back into my, my space again, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, uh, for me, I get, if I don't feel like I have a sense of the narrative that's trying to be birthed through my life that I get really shaken up and I get really untethered and I'm, and I start kind of spiraling downward and I can't think right and nothing, you know, up is down, down is up, all that kind of stuff. Um, and for me, there has to be some kind of clarity of intention. I'm guessing mm-hmm. I, I, I could be wrong here, but it seems like whatever your goals were before you started working, it, is it true that you've probably gone past a lot of what you thought would maybe take a lot longer. Yes. And so maybe that put you in a a weird space of like, now what do I want? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it took me 10 years to do, like, I did not have the, the rocket success that you had. Um, but when I, you know, for a good five years, I wanted to work with the New York times. And then once I had, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And then like one month later I was like, Oh no. Wow. I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. what I want anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, but the work doesn't stop. And yeah. so you don't know where your heart is. You don't know where you're going, all that. Is that kind of what's going on? Yeah. And, you know, once you have that thought, it's like once you get that job that you've been kind of just like longing for and you're like, this is why I do the work that I do. Yes. And like once I'm in this space, it's just over for everything else. But like, you know, I mean, you do that amazing job and you kill it and you do so good at it and you touch so many different people and that feels so good. But then it's like, okay, what's next? And then you have a bunch of people that are like, okay, well, you've done it all already. What else can you do? Yeah. What do you do when it's almost (laughs) not even a year after school and people like Kamala Harris are tweeting about you? Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) That's, yeah. I, I can imagine, I can put, even though I did not experience that whatsoever, I can definitely see from your perspective. And I think whether it's, you know, achieving a goal uh, or going beyond your goals or having some, one of your paths and your intentions kind of blocked, I think everybody can relate to this feeling of, you know, some dream that you had is either fulfilled or negated. And mm-hmm. how do you get back in touch with the, what the next calling is or what, what the calling really was? You know, maybe it wasn't about, um, accolades or something like getting deeper in touch with that. Exactly. Yeah. And I I had to realize just that, that it just isn't about, you know, the accolades or just being told like, you're great, you're amazing. But, or just to be able to be in these spaces and to say that you took this person on as a client, but it's just more than that. It's like, okay. Um, 
does this piece make bring you joy essentially like are you happy with the work that you're making are you happy with the subject matters that you're tackling is it important to you like does it give people that hope that you kind of wanted to put into the work for yourself and I was thinking more about that and then things became more clear to me because before it was just like I knew I wanted to be an illustrator and I knew that that's all that I wanted to do all I ever wanted to do was draw but it it means much more to me now yeah. <laughs> than before. Yeah. So now I'm just thinking about ways to make myself happy and to bring more joy into my work and to just bring more joy to other people through my work. That's one of the biggest gifts that I have seen with people that have, uh, you know, a really quick early journey is that they can kind of set aside the what of, you know, the goals or the accolades or whatever, because, you know, it reminds me of that Jim Carrey quote about, he says something like, uh, I wish that everybody could have all their hopes and dreams so that they, uh, or all their goals and all the money and fame they could ever want so that they would know that it wasn't the answer. Yeah. And, uh, and I think like, yeah. you know, having New Yorker covers and these, and these great people talking about you and, uh, all this stuff, I think it seems like it's kind of, uh, once you have that, you can be like, okay, that's nice. But it was never really about that. Like yeah. it's supposed to be about the work. Yeah. It was just supposed to be about the work. And I'm super thankful for those pieces because they helped me to realize much more about myself as an artist and where I'm going and where I would like to go too i mean and even those pieces i feel are super monumental because just they are in the way of just like showing just black films on a cup like in that space it's it's, huge it's historic it's It's really it's really important to me (laughs) in that way and i'm I'm thankful that i was able to do that think of how many um, people how many kids are you giving the snowy day experience to how many how many futures did you unlock and uh, how many you know ceilings did you blow off from all these different types of people it's it is I mean I do not want to in any way belittle how huge and powerful that is but I can imagine that once that stuff is passed you all of a sudden want to get in touch with a deeper resonance for like what you know what's the What's the thing? So you talked about um, the hope and joy in your work, mm-hmm. and I wondered. It sounds like that's kind of your palette for images. Are there people that you have, you know, illustrators that have really embodied that work or that that feeling in you through their work? Like, are there? experiences where you're like, oh, they were, you know, I think of it often like a comedian, you know, they're trying to get laughs and, you know, there's, if you're a, if you're a wannabe comedian or you're trying to get into that, your inspiration comes from the people that made you laugh, how you want to make other people laugh. Are there, were there people like that? Are there people like that even right now? Oh, definitely. Oh my God. Yes. Like, um, like Lisa Congdon's work Absolutely. Um, definitely. Say her. D- definitely. Um, I love a really good friend of mine, Shayma Golden. Um, also, Jamila Akubo is very talented as well. 
Yeah. Um, there's, you have to give me these links so I can put yeah, them in the show notes. Yeah, I'm definitely going to send you these links. Yeah. Um, there's so many illustrators that definitely come to mind. And then also they're like painters like Kahine Day Wiley, um, Carrie James Marshall, Toyin O.G. Ajatola is a amazing illustrator and fine artist as well. Mm. I keep thinking whether you have a, uh, whether, uh, you know, the hero journey that you're experiencing there, you know, it's this pattern of leaving home to a foreign land and then coming back to your true self. And yeah. it sounds like I keep, it seems like on the work that you're doing, it seems like you started in this place of fine art and going to the museums and then you ventured out into illustration. You learned something. You learned something about how you like to make images and what you want to do with your work. And and it seems like you kind of, uh, you. I mean, you crossed off probably most illustrators' top goal uh, in the first year. And I keep wondering if, do you think fine art is going to play a bigger role going forward? Do you think you're going to go back to that spiritual creative <laughs> home? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that's, well, I'm, I'm going to definitely merge the worlds, but right now I do have some pieces planned that kind of go into that final world. I'm completely unfamiliar with that space because a lot of my work has been done in illustration. But I mean, honestly, what's, I know there's a difference. I was about to say, what's the difference? But like, I know there's a difference. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I've but been. You got a list of credentials that are going to open some doors, and and I, I'm I'm very interested, I, and I highly recommend people like uh, industry and market hopping, you know, through the the kind of side hopping with the weapons that you got from the previous market. Like, I mean, those credentials are definitely. Uh, there's people that came before you that did similar things, you know, and yeah, um, yeah. What what are you? What what are some of your hopes and dreams in that arena? Honestly, I just want to do what makes me feel happy. <laughs> and I just want to, I mean, I want to give myself space to play and experience and just be, just be free about it um, and experience things. If I want to paint, I can paint. If I want to make an installation, I will, which is definitely where I feel like I want to, someplace that I want to go eventually. Mm. Um, or just illustration and just saying an illustration for as long as I can feels great to me too. But um, I don't want to put myself in any more boxes anymore because for a while yeah. I felt like I was trapped where I am, which is strange because I just got here. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, I wasn't letting myself be as free as I thought that I was. But now I can give myself that room. Let's drill down on something that is esoteric and impossible to grasp. That's the kind of stuff that I try to talk about. Uh, but with this idea of feeling hope and feeling joy through imagery, do you have any memories of being uh, particularly struck by an image, even as you know, even recently, and what it was they were doing that accomplished that? I know this is like deep shop talk, but I, I get really into, I get very obsessed with how do I reverse engineer a, a, an emotion or an outcome in my audience? Because I, 
you know, because I so enjoy a master who can uh, make me cry or stop me in my tracks and get my attention or make me laugh or have a visceral response to creativity. And I like to learn the craft of that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Do you, yeah. What, what are the things that you are putting in your utility belt or what are the experiences where you felt you, you really felt on a visceral level something? Is that a clear enough question? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime I see a Jillian Tamaki piece, I'm just always in awe because the way that they can just communicate things visually is just, oh, and I really want to tap into that. Like whatever that they're they're doing, um, I'm so impressed by it. And then also I was in London for a little bit. So I definitely went around to a few shows and some galleries and um, I just checked out this Faith Ringgold exhibit and that was super special and so beautiful and her paintings and her quilts definitely like I was in tears. <laughs> so Lisa Congdon and uh, Jillian Tamaki uh, both use words as well as pictures and I'm very fascinated with I think the the relationship between illustration and writing is about the same as acting and writing. Like it's nearly impossible to really act at the top level without writing. You know what I mean? You can't just, you could stand there in a moat, but it wouldn't be, (laughs) it wouldn't be a finished, you know, piece. It wouldn't be a film. It wouldn't be a TV show. Uh, And I, and so I'm very interested in this symbiotic relationship between illustration and, and writing. And as people like Lisa Congdon and Jillian Tamaki, I feel like, there's that space in, but where you're writing with pictures and you're drawing with words, you know, by the words you're choosing, you're determining what the pictures are going to be. And there's just this weird kind of relationship. Uh, and, and I feel like that's where illustration is. It's most powerful when the writing's good and, and when the writing's coming from a, you know, the same, the illustrator, which I feel like Lisa is so, so good at that. And that's some t- often when I'm feeling those, strong feelings from someone like Lisa or Jillian it's be, it's that space in between those things have you ever have you done any writing oh yeah am I well <laughs> not professionally but <laughs> I am I'm relearning how to write right now because <laughs> mm. for a while I would uh when I was younger especially just making comics just for fun or writing making little picture books for myself for fun um I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was having fun and that's more important now. And I'm kind of rediscovering that within myself now, like I'm giving myself more space to just be free and to just write if I need to, if I want to be able to put words in my illustrations, I can now because that was something that was kind of talked down when I was in art school. Yeah. (laughs) But now I'm like, you know what? We can do writing. We can kind of encourage more of that into the work and like introduce that more into the work and also thinking about haikus or poetry and putting that into the work to be able to inform like what the illustrations will look like or feel mm. like. That's awesome. So that's something you're already exploring. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. That's so funny. Are you in my head right now? Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, okay. Uh, one other question I had about that, cause you mentioned a lot of great artists that were really inspiring to you. 
and that's kind of defines your people in terms of the art that you make. Do you feel like you have assembled in your mind what differentiates you, not as visually, but you know, content-wise, experience-wise, uh, what you want to do in your work? What What's the difference between you and the the, these people that inspire you have you have you spent much time in that space I mean clearly your work is uh, very you but I wonder what core values or thoughts or what do you think um, what are the pieces that make up that niche that only you exist in I'm very curious um, about diving into more things about mental health. I do get some projects that are mental health focused, but I'd love to dive more into it because it's something that's been very prevalent in in my life. Um, Mm. Just with struggling with depression, anxiety too. um, And just having folks in my life that struggle with bipolar disorder or just their own issues. Agoraphobia is also a thing that has been in my life as well. So it's like all of these different subject matters about mental health are important to me. And I kind of want to, you know, make more work about them along with, you know, just more subjects about, or just more topics about joy and exploring, exploring that to be able to heal myself and others. Um, I started drawing just the way that I do and making the work that I do to heal myself and to help myself like hold on to that hope. Mm. Like aspirational imagery. Like, yeah. like you're, how, how does that, is there practices or how do you, how have you learned to approach that? Is there, cause I think a lot of people would be interested in, I don't know what, what does that practically look like healing yourself through making images? What does, what does, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any tips or, or anything you've experienced or learned that's been particularly healing through that process? Definitely. Um, Hmm. I, so when I am focusing on just self healing and I'm in those moments of just like when things just don't feel like they're going the way that it should, or I feel that it should. I'm just taking extra time to take care of myself and to really sit with myself, whether that is through like meditation or just writing affirmations or just checking in with myself. Like I've been doing a lot of inner child healing. I'm not sure Mm. if you, and I think with just being an artist or illustrator, we're naturally tapping into that because our work is so connected to our childhood in so many different ways. So um, just with trying to heal my inner child and going back to certain certain ages that I've been at and checking in with that girl or that person and Mm. just communicating with that and then making work based off of that experience or based how I want to feel, that's been kind of helpful. Man, I love that. And I hadn't even, I don't think I'd ever thought about that in my own experience. One idea that I revisit really often, I'm very like, we're making an episode right now that has a lot like time travel as a, uh, as a kind of a theme yes, of going back to your I'm past so self <laughs> or your, or your future self coming back to yourself now. And what, you know, the things you would say, uh, to, to your present self from your future self and all that kind of thing. I, I very much like to toy around with that idea that, 
according to physicists, time is a construct of our minds and all things are existing at the same time. And I'm it very, is. It is. I do feel very in touch with the past version of me and the future as if they're very much present in the reality. Um, and I, and I, and that kind of goes back to earlier, we were talking about, um, the power of illustration to, you know, I think about it two, two ways, kind of like alchemy in -hmm. that you take paper and you can turn as if you're a paid illustrator, even you can turn paper into money, which is pretty weird. That's kind of like a, a a true alchemy. And Mm then, uh, and then I also think about it like, um, what we were saying earlier about, you know, uh, visualization, but with pictures, not just in your brain and the power of illustration to show things that couldn't exist. I, even like as concept artists, you know, for movies, like them inventing the way this movie's going to look that has never been seen before. Like that mm-hmm. seems like the, the job of the illustrator and this thing you're talking about going back to earlier phases and how, uh, you, when you were young and even painting pictures in your mind of what you wanted it to be or how, who, you know, healing that you wanted to go on there. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, that's definitely what I'm saying. And even just you checking in with your 16 year old self and, you know, noticing your patterns and how they show up in your life now, you know, it is essentially time traveling. Do you have any, uh, Anything you want to plug? I know you got some sweet earrings in your Etsy shop that I'm very enthusiastic about. Ooh, yeah, I got to send you a pair. Um, yeah, I have those earrings and I have another pair of earrings coming out. The shop will be up next week because I am I won't be on vacation anymore. Um, and I just dropped a bunch of shirts as well, which will be up in the shop as well in tote bags. And I'm looking forward to make more illustrated pieces. So that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, where can everybody find you? You can find me at loveiswiseillu, I-L-L-U, on Instagram. And that's the only place you can find me because that's where I'm frequently at. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's a good spot. If you're going to choose a spot, I think that's the right one for yeah. illustrators. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. This was uh really enlightening and I feel more full having had this conversation than when we started. So I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you so much, Andy. Huge thanks to my friend Love Is Wise. If you're not familiar with her work, go check her out on Instagram at Love Is Wise Illu. I L L U. If you don't, L-O-V-E-I-S-W-I-S-E-I-L-L-U. Go check it out. Why don't you have your phone in your hand? Get it out of your pocket. Type it into Instagram. Go check out our work. Some really, truly lovely stuff. You're going to have a, uh, you're gonna have a nice little time uh, scrolling through that stuff. Thanks again, Love Is, for being on the show. I'm so pumped we finally got you on this show. Don't forget, we're illustrating our futures, visualizing our futures. It doesn't have to be, you know, maybe it's magic. Maybe it's not. Who cares? For me personally, the process of this kind of daydreaming about my future has been a huge help to my whole self, my whole brain, my conscious, my subconscious, getting aligned and then working towards those goals. Um, And so 
let's have a little bit of fun. Hashtag illustrate your future, whether you're an illustrator or just a musician or just a just a writer. You know, I, not everybody can be an illustrator. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, but whoever you are, wherever you are, even if you're not the most confident in your drawing skills, I'd like to see you give it a try. Draw yourself in the desired future. Five years in the future, what do you want it to look like? What's the room you're in look like? Where are you making work? What are you surrounded by? How have things changed? I'm gonna try to participate in this later this week as well. Try it, hashtag illustrate your future on CP, on, on Instagram and I will follow that and, and be chiming in. Go try it. Uh, thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Chris Graham for recording and mastering help from Chris Graham Mastering. You can check out his podcast, Six Figure Home Studio, if you're in the audio space. Um, thanks to all of you for showing up and listening every single week. We love you. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks, and until next week, stay pepped up. <laughs>